Hi, I'm Mark Sloboda, and this is The Real Politique. Numerous credible academics, analysts, and politicians have suggested that the conflict in Ukraine could potentially blow up into a World War III scenario, with states around the world being dragged in. The U.S. and other NATO states are propping up their proxy putsch regime in Kiev with all of their military and economic power. And there are numerous legitimate reasons to consider them not only participants in the conflict, but actively at war with Russia in Ukraine. We are fighting a war against Russia and... But still, the active conflict zone has thus far remained territorially bound to Ukraine and to a lesser extent Russia. That may have just changed, and the conflict quietly expanded into the Middle East. On Sunday, January 28th, kamikaze drone strikes hit Iranian military depots and workshops in the city of Isfahan. A blast in the dead of night. Iran's state broadcaster showcased the ammunition's facility. It showed the damage to the building's roof and what it claimed was the debris from drones it destroyed. Their report said it's now back to business in the factory. The BBC has not been able to verify the extent of the damage. Iran has claimed that Israel is responsible, and that is almost certainly the case. The Zionist regime in Israel regularly conducts strikes, bombings, assassinations, sabotage, and terrorism in Iran, declining to claim credit while smugly suggesting the opposite. Anonymous U.S. officials, while implausibly denying any involvement on their side, have confirmed that Israel was indeed responsible. The repugnant Banderite Ukrainian presidential advisor, Mikhailo Podolyak, gloated about the strikes on his Twitter feed. War logic is inexorable and murderous. It bills the authors and accomplices strictly. Panic in the Russian Federation. Endless mobilization, missile defenses in Moscow, trenches a thousand kilometers away, bomb shelters preparation. Explosive night in Iran. Drone and missile production, oil refineries. Ukraine did warn you. The Iranian government summoned the Ukrainian ambassador and demanded an explanation and a refutation of the obvious boasting of Ukrainian complicity in and celebration of the attacks. 
Just days later, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, in an interview with CNN, implied that Israel had indeed specifically targeted Iranian military sites where drones and ballistic missiles, including of the types that have supposedly been supplied to Russia, including the Shahed-136 loitering munition, are produced. Israel acts in ways that I will not itemize here against Iran's weapons productions, which are used against Ukraine, Netanyahu said. The Israeli ambassador to Germany, Ron Prozor, also mentioned Iranian drones and missiles when he said Israel does more to help Ukraine than is publicly known. We help, albeit behind the scenes, and much more than is known. As you know, the Israeli army regularly blocks shipments from Iran to Syria and Lebanon. These include Iranian drones and missiles that Russia is using in Ukraine. Now, of course, these same weapon systems can be supplied by Iran to Hezbollah, Hamas, and the Houthis in Yemen. But the Israeli government is clearly linking the rationale for the targeted strikes to the weapons supply to Russia. Thus far, Israel has refrained from providing significant military aid to the Kiev regime in Ukraine, despite enormous U.S. and European pressure to send them Iron Dome and Hawk air defense systems. Israeli aid has been restricted to humanitarian aid, small arms, intel on Iranian-designed drones, and a small number of anti-drone systems specifically designed to counter them. This is, of course, because the Zionist regime fears a direct confrontation with Russian military forces based in neighboring Syria, where for years now, Russia has apparently had a devil's agreement that has allowed Israel to conduct periodic airstrikes against Hezbollah and Iranian-backed forces in Syria, without Russia targeting Israeli aircraft with their advanced air defense systems or allowing the Syrian government to do the same with the S-300 air defense systems that Russia has supplied them with. Russia has recently reiterated its warnings to Israel not to send greater military aid to the Kiev regime in Ukraine, after recent Netanyahu remarks to a badgering press that he would consider it. The implications of all of this are earth-shaking. If Israel really did target Iranian military facilities with the specific intent to inhibit Iranian supply of weapons systems to Russia, that would be a huge escalation. Not just between Israel and Iran, nor just between Israel and Russia, but it would mark the first time that the Ukrainian conflict had spread outside of the immediate theater. Countries aligned with and supplying arms to either the West-backed Kiev Butch regime or Russia directly attacking each other over the conflict in Ukraine. Historical parallels can be drawn to the way that World War I expanded globally, with states being dragged into the conflict through complicated webs of alliances and relations. And there is plenty of potential for the Ukrainian conflict to spread further as well, to neighboring Moldova or Belarus, to NATO member states, 
to the divided Korean Peninsula and beyond. The conflict in Ukraine has just definitively spread out of theater and gone global. Perhaps we really are in the early stages of World War III. time. We finally really did it. You made